The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning. Welcome to our day-long retreat. This retreat, um, I'll be giving instructions to begin with this morning. Um, We're going to do a slightly different style of practice than we often do on these day-longs. So I wanted to start out the day with a little bit of a kind of orientation towards this uh, slightly different style of practice. So in this style of practice, um, rather than focusing um, on the breath, we're more open, we're more spacious. So I do want to start the day with some instructions. Um, but before I begin instructions, I just want to do a little orientation. How many of you, for the, is this the first time you're here at IMC? Okay, welcome. And um, so just, uh, just so you know, there's some bathrooms towards the back of the community hall, just across from the kitchen. And the kitchen is available for you today. We'll have a lunch break about the middle of the day. Around 12.30, I think, is when we'll have our lunch break. And you're welcome to use the refrigerator if you want to put your lunch in the refrigerator, to use the microwaves, to heat anything up. That's all there for your use. Um, There are teas um, in the drawers below the counter on the community hall. So there's the place for the tea urn, and there's some cups. Label your cup with your name um, so that you don't have to reuse, so we don't have to um, use too many of the cups. And just go into the drawers to find the teas that you, you would like to use. We haven't put the teas on the counter today. Um, w- later in the day, we'll do some walking meditation. And um, actually, I'm going to instruct you to do walking meditation a little differently from usual day-longs. On, on most day-longs, we're instructing in a kind of a back-and-forth walking. And in this style of practice, I actually am going to encourage you to to do more normal kind of walking, so going for a walk. But in any case, um, when you go for a walk or when you're doing your walking meditation, please don't do walking meditation in the um, parking lot of the dentist next door. They have asked us to not uh, use their parking lot, so we'd like to honor their request. And also to not walk back and forth in front of their driveway, um, because they, you know, they will have customers coming and going. So I mean, well, you can walk across there, of course, you know, just like anybody normally walking down the sidewalk. But to do a back and forth walking there can be uh, hard for the, the their their customers. This day, as with all events at IMC, is offered on a donation basis. So there are some slots um, uh, in the cabinet next to the main door where you came in. And there's a slot for teacher and a slot for the center to support uh, myself and to support the center. The entire center, all the teachings, everything here operates on a donation basis. So if you are so inspired, that is available and let's see. Uh, at the end of the day, um, we will take some time um, to kind of clean up, and I'll ask for volunteers at the end of the day to, to help with that. So let's see. I think that's it in terms of logistics. 
I have put a schedule over on the um, the stage just as you come into the meditation hall. Take that schedule really lightly. I reserve the right to change it at whim. <laughs> but that's roughly what we'll do, you know. Um, roughly we'll, we'll do that. But it depends, you know, on how long I speak and how long it feels like we need to sit, you know. So I'm, it, we'll, just, we'll just take the day as it goes. But that's a rough, a rough outline of what the day will be like. For those of you who, uh, this is the, the final day of a, a week-long retreat that I have been doing um, on day, for, with, in daily life practice. And we've been meeting, those, uh, those of us participating in the retreat have been meeting during the week as well. And for those of you who have been participating in that daily life retreat this week, during the week, um, I'm going to offer a, a time for that retreat to kind of come together as a kind of a, a closing, a kind of an acknowledgement and a closing for the week. And we'll do that this afternoon during, during the walking period. And so during that period, what we'll do is uh, people who aren't, haven't been attending the retreat can go out and do their walking practice. And we'll actually close the door so that if you want to be in the community hall, we won't be disturbing you. Um, we'll be having a discussion. So um, um, just to let you know, that'll be happening in the afternoon. Okay. So this this day, uh, the practice that I'm going to be offering today is based on the teachings that I've learned from my teacher in Burma, Saira Utejaniya. And he teaches a very open relaxed style of meditation practice. In fact, he really emphasizes relaxation. The first thing he said to me when I arrived at the monastery was, the only work you give your mind is to remind yourself to be aware. It's very simple. So starting with emphasizing some relaxation and then opening to awareness. What am I aware of? And I'll talk about that in just a moment. So it's very simple, this style of practice. The instructions are minimal. Very little in the way of instructions. There's ways to navigate when difficulty arises, and I'll talk about those through the day. But basically, it is simply, are you aware? And what are you aware of? In a very simple way. So very little in the way of technique, actually. The the main technique has to do with in knowing that you're aware and what you're aware of, is checking into how you are aware. What is the attitude of your mind? What is the relationship of your mind to your experience? And we, we do that from time to time throughout our meditation, checking in. How am I relating to this experience? So that's the main technique. It's very simple. Am I aware? What am I aware of? What's my relationship to what I'm aware of? In terms of technique, that's pretty much it. And then having said that, I'm going to talk for a while <laughs> about, about how you might engage with this. <laughs> so uh, one thing that 
Sayadaw Utejaniya emphasizes this is that meditation is the work of the mind. It's our minds that do the work. It's our minds that engage with the practice. And so it's very helpful for the mind to have a relaxed and balanced framework with which to meditate. So getting familiar with your mind, getting familiar with how your mind does what it does. So let's just do a little, a little brief exercise here. Put your hands together. And notice the sensations of your hands touching. You can feel that, right? Everybody can feel that, those sensations. How do you know those sensations? What's the... How do you know that those sensations are happening? Anyone? Aware of warmth. Someone else? Oh, yes, we should use the mics. <laughs> oh, no, actually, let me just, let me just, let me just, I'll just restate it. Anyone else? Pressure. Aware of pressure. Okay. Anyone else? The neurons are interpreting the sensations as going up to the brain. Well, so that's all a, a thought, you know. <laughs> it's true, that's all happening. Uh, but, and what you're pointing to here is that the mind is doing something. Um, and that is actually, I mean, you, you know warmth, you know pressure, because the mind is connected. And because actually another factor is, is present, attention. You are attending to the sensations. So the attention is directed and the mind knows. So there's the, the awareness and the attention along with the sensations. So the, the physical sensations of warmth, of pressure, of tingling, those are the body. And then the way we know, how we know, is through the mind. The mind processes, the mind uh, experiences and we can begin to get familiar experientially, not through the ideas of how it works, but experientially we can um, know how the mind functions. Now I'd like to ask you to um, put your attention in the sensations of your lips touching. Can you feel that? Were you aware of that before I brought your attention to it? That's the factor of attention. That's the mind, again. That's the mind doing that. So uh, this is a, a little pointer to the mind. The mind is crucial with respect to our meditation. That factor of attention, where the mind is paying attention, is a key piece of the meditation. And that factor of attention has the, the capacity to either receive just whatever's happening. You know, it's kind of like the mind without too much input will be attending to something or other. And we also have some volition around attention. We can choose. Pay attention to the experience of your buttocks, touching the chair or cushion. Pay attention to your hands. So that factor of attention has some volition to it. We can choose where it goes. For this particular practice, we, um, we, we much more try to let go of that directing of the attention in favor of noticing in this moment what is the mind naturally already 
aware of? What is the mind naturally already attending to? Without too much conscious direction, the mind will uh, be picking up on something or other. Sound, body sensation, sight. So the, the practice is kind of more letting go so much of choosing the focus of attention. This is one of the main ways I think this practice differs from many other styles of meditation practice because often in meditation practice we consciously choose something to pay attention to. The breath or sound. We ground ourselves in some particular experience. And here we are more opening up to just what is already being known. So another aspect of this practice has to do with the level of effort that is needed. I mean, actually, right now, you know, pay attention to the sensations of your butt, sensations of your hands. How hard is that to do? Actually, it's pretty easy for a moment as I mention something sensations of your lips touching. It's pretty easy for the mind to, without much effort, it's almost automatic as I say something, the mind will go there. So it's not, it's not, it's not a lot of effort that's needed for attention to connect with some experience. And this is a place, I think, in meditation that we end up really suffering. So we kind of um, bring our attention to something and try to hold there and we, uh, we use a lot of effort to try to stay connected with experience. And we, we like, it's like we put our attention on something and then in that single moment of trying to pay attention to something, we try to stay present for it for whole, you know, five minutes. But you can't, you can't stay present for something for five minutes. You can stay present for something for a moment and then remind yourself to do it again and again and again. And so the... The effort that we make in meditation, and this is actually true in any style of practice, it's just that it's kind of emphasized a little bit more here. The effort that we make is more about just um, remembering moment to moment. Am I aware? And what am I aware of? Am I aware? What am I aware of? So it's, the effort we make is more about the frequency of reminding ourselves to check in and be aware than it is about kind of trying to hold on to something. And we're not trying to hold on to any, any particular experience. We are just opening up to our experience and noticing what the mind is aware of. Now that said, to begin with, often it is challenging to um, just settle back and notice the stream of experience and how the mind is connecting to experience. And so it can be very helpful in the beginning of this practice to start somewhere. If you, if you have trouble um, noticing what the mind is already aware of, pick something that's kind of obvious to you. So in this moment, what is the most obvious experience? Perhaps the pressure of your butt 
You just start someplace. Or if you're very familiar with paying attention to the breathing, start with the breathing. You know, allow yourself to begin somewhere to connect so that you, you can connect with that attention and the knowing of experience. And then as you're paying attention to that experience, as you have your attention directed to, for example, the breath, you will notice that the mind is naturally already picking up on other experiences. The mind, a, a motorcycle goes by, and your mind is already paying attention to the motorcycle, even though you have kind of started with the paying attention to the breath. The sound of the motorcycle, the sound of the train. The mind all automatically hears that. As, it, as the mind kind of shifts its attention naturally, which is what it's doing, basically, you're paying attention to the breath, and then the mind is already paying attention to the sound of the train. As it does that, you can kind of follow the awareness. That's one way I like thinking about this practice, is following what the mind is naturally paying attention to. There's no need to hold to that first chosen place where you begin. The, the, the um, mind moves to pay attention to the train, and then, then it perhaps notices a sound of somebody uh, moving, or then it notices a, an itch in, on your body. And you can just follow whatever it is that the mind is naturally attentive to. If at any point the, uh, the mind gets really confused about what to do, the first thing to notice is that the mind is confused. You know, that, that confusion has arisen about what to pay attention to. That is something that is arising. It is a mental experience that's arising. So you can just notice confusion. And then it's fine if, you know, in terms of, um, you know, if you're really confused to just say, okay, I'm just going to start again with something like the breath and then allow myself to follow the awareness, how the awareness is um, moving from experience to experience. And Betsy, do you want to hand the microphone to Betsy? The motorcycle driving by was. Uh, is it still on? It's green. Yes. Is it working? Um, the example of the motorcycle driving by. Um, if, if this is about being just placing your mind, you know, being aware of what the mind is aware of, and on my way here today, I notice big black imposing vehicle next to me first. I mean, I'm trying to do the awareness practice on my way here. Big black imposing vehicle. I note it's a Humvee. I note aversion and some, um, a little fear, version, mix. And it's so easy to go to the next judgmental step. Um, is the idea non judgmental awareness, and how do you practice? Or, or the motorcycle, you know, makes a very lean cut between you and another car. How do you practice with the arising, what is often fear-based, right. um, and perhaps volition or no volition? This is the question. Right. Okay, so, so the, the, um, the practice is to notice what the mind is doing. So what happened in that situation is fear arose. 
Notice the fear. Notice that. If you start to notice the mind moving into proliferation around the fear, you probably need to, to take some action. You know, that's where volition would probably need to come in. Um, it's, it's possible to recognize that the mind is thinking. I mean, it sounds like you noticed a little of the thinking. Um, but if the mind is going to start to move into a, a really strong kind of story around it, it's really helpful, okay, come back to what's actually happening right now. You know, so because that, that proliferation tends to pull us out of mindfulness. So seeing that proliferation begin, you can choose and go, okay, I know where that's going. That's going to losing the mindfulness. So then taking some action. So it is helpful to, to, take, to, to do something volitional at that point. Um, and often, though, what, what happens is that we don't actually see that movement to the papancha and we wake up into the papancha, we wake up into that mental proliferation. Papancha is the term for mental proliferation, term for mental proliferation. We wake up into that mental proliferation, that story, and then in that moment, okay, you've woken up. What are you aware of in that moment? There's nothing in that moment of, this is a, another key, you know, that, that moment of remembering, and this is something I have been emphasizing all week, that moment of remembering about mindfulness. What are you aware of in that moment? There's nothing to come back to. You're already back. You know, you've woken up noticing, boy, I'm really angry and telling the story and you know, I've got this whole view in my mind about who that person is and what they do with their lives. You know, it's like you've got this whole story going on and that's what you've woken up into not to try to um, um, change what you've woken up into, but notice that you have woken up. Notice the awareness. That, that uh, a, a good way to meet that moment of remembering is with the, um, the phrase something like, already aware. I'm, so awareness is already present, already aware. And then checking into, and what am I aware of? And often when the mind has done that kind of proliferation, there's some kind of emotion that has burgeoned. You know, anger, um, judgment, something that has happened. And can you meet that experience? So it, it's, you know, really the, um, the place for intervening. I'll talk a little bit more about that intervening a little bit this afternoon. You know, how do we meet these difficulties? Um, but so for right now, just asking yourself, am I aware? What am I aware of? If you have real difficulty this morning, coming back to um, some place for you to ground your attention as a, as a kind of an intervention. And then we'll talk more about how to work with that later today. Um, so basically, the effort in this practice is about reminding yourself to be aware. And at the beginning, we need to remind ourselves a lot. We need to remind ourselves to pay attention. And this can happen with just very simple, it can be subvocal, you know, it can be kind of a, a little almost like reminder in your mind. Am I aware? What am I aware of? Um, and you can also just kind of move, incline the mind towards noticing awareness and what you are aware of if the words in the mind feel too heavy or too um, busy. But it can be helpful to just use those 
uh, as pointers. You know, am I aware? That am I aware question is a pointer to the faculty of the mind itself. And you're asking yourself, am I aware? How do you know that you're aware? That can be kind of vague, that knowing of awareness. Don't worry about that. Just the fact that you know you are aware is, is a good place to begin. And then knowing what you are aware of. Because awareness, the, the awareness and what, is, uh, what you are aware of, they come up together. They, are, they, are, um, they happen together. And in fact, the way we know we are aware is through the fact that we have things we are aware of. It's kind of like the awareness, uh, the knowing itself is um, known through the things we know. So this is kind of just the basics around the mindfulness piece. And one of the things that my teacher, uh, Saito Utejaniya, often says is that simply being mindful, being aware, isn't enough. We have to check in as the, 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 one of the things I mentioned earlier, and we have to check into how we are aware. So we're paying attention to something, that, you know, motorcycle going by, we're paying attention to that, 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 that the sound, the, the movement, and how we're paying attention may be with some aversion. Perhaps that aversion is not noticed. So the, uh, it's really important to in the meditation, notice whether there's any kind of, kind of spin towards liking, not liking, greed, aversion, or just kind of a, a feeling of disconnecting from experience, the experience of delusion. It's important to recognize how we're paying attention to our experience. What is the quality in our mind? So if we're paying attention to experience and not noticing that we don't like it, it's as if we're looking through some kind of colored lens. And that is um, putting a spin on our experience. And actually we start, we're, what we're doing through looking through that lens of aversion or greed without noticing it, is that that movement of greed or aversion is actually operating in the back of our mind. And it's being cultivated. And so... Th- Part of the practice here is to keep checking in. And how am I paying attention? What's my relationship to the experience? What's my attitude about the experience? Any one of these questions is, um, is kind of fine to check in with. Just, what's my attitude about the experience? Yeah, a couple questions. Um, Good morning. In my experience, and listening to you intently, I ask myself this question. Uh, We want to become aware. It's extremely important in this practice to be aware. Uh, If we're aware, then we can do something. That is, we can make a choice. The question I have is this. it, It seems to me that we are unaware of the fact 
that we are making a choice all the time, every instant, to be unaware or aware, mm-hmm. to listen or not to listen. So when you mentioned about the lips, I was totally unaware, but my lips were pressing. My experience was this. Uh, at times, I would hold my jaw tight. I was totally unaware of it. And then eventually I realized that I was under tension, and by holding my jaw tight, that would prevent the anxiety that was arising. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had made a choice without knowing it. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, so it seems to me what's most important in this practice is to recognize the fact that it isn't that these things just arise, but we individually make a choice each time whether or not to be aware of this or that. Mm-hmm. And now the question is, what do we do? <laughs> so the, the, the practice around learning how to see those choices, I mean, that's essentially what you're talking about, you know. It's like the, 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 uh, mostly those choices are kind of in what might be, we might call the unconscious or the subconscious. You know, they're kind of below the level of what we are aware a lot of the time. You know, all of these choices that we make, we make choices all the time. And uh, they're, they're kind of below the level, the horizon of our ability to see them. The mindfulness practice, at least in my experience, begins to lower that horizon so that we can start to see the choices. We can start to see many, many of those choices, much more, especially when they're choices that are made out of greed, aversion, and delusion. Those can really become conscious as the more mindful that we become. And so it's the practice of the mindfulness um, that begins to reveal that the kind of continuity of mindfulness begins to lower that horizon so that we can begin to see those choices. So the practice, what we do, is to practice mindfulness. Uh, yes, but I think there's something more. Let me say, give you an example, okay? Uh, I'm walking along the street, and someone bumps into me, okay? He might knock me over. I get very angry, very upset, and of course I blame him. It's obvious it's his fault. There's no doubt. So I'm making, if, if what I say is correct, then I'm making a choice, to be angry at him. Yes. And I justify the choice because he really did it. I have every right to be angry. And I am angry, and I always will be to some extent angry just because that's what happens to all of us. But I'm making another choice at the same time. I'm making the choice to be angry. And therefore, if I'm going to make a choice to be angry the way I'm learning anyway, is that to say, oh, he's responsible, but why am I feeling angry? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm making a choice to feel angry, and therefore I can use that choice I'm making very specifically to make another choice because it's not very nice and pleasant for Uh me to be angry Uh Uh Because he did something, and I am upset. Why should I let what he did make me upset? Right. Now, so what I am slowly learning is 
I don't have to be angry at him because I should use that anger that I feel, that hurt that I feel, as a recognition. That you could choose other ways. To give it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically what you're saying is that, you know, you're becoming mindful of the anger and then choosing to pay attention and choosing, hopefully, to redirect your attention elsewhere to, to choose something other than anger. Yeah, but, but the point I'm really trying to make, I didn't get it across, is that it's very useful that he did it to me. <laughs> because I could not get rid of anger that's in me unless he did it. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and, it, and it's always going to happen for the rest of my life and everyone's life. So to me, it's important not just to recognize this, but to recognize that it will continue to go on and therefore if I don't if I want to take care of myself and not feel badly I have to use what that person did to me which is resulting in my being upset in a very positive way to get rid of it yeah, yeah. so it's more than being aware to me it seems to be always to make the choice another way mm-hmm. because I'm always making a choice mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're talking about a, a choice in your own practice of how to work with your anger. And I'm offering today a technique that's a little less directed. It's much more about receiving experience, learning how to meet experience. And notice through, I mean, essentially I'm talking about noticing, to give your example, what the, this practice would suggest is to notice in that anger arising, you know, what's my relationship to that anger? Do I feel like um, I'm justified in having that anger? Do I feel like I want to get rid of that anger? You know, what is the, uh, the attitude towards that anger? So that's the movement in this practice. When you notice something arising, checking in. What's our relationship? And over time, this begins to reveal these kind of lenses that we have, these, these views, these skews of greed, aversion, and delusion that we can see through checking in. What's my attitude? What's my relationship? We begin to see our patterns of greed, aversion, and delusion and recognize how we can then be attentive to that. Because when we are looking through those lenses, they, we're, we're cultivating those patterns. But when we notice that pattern is operating, that pattern of self-righteousness, that pattern of aversion, of wanting to get rid of something that's happening, then we have the opportunity to, instead of look through it, we're looking at it. It's like we've taken off those colored glasses and we're looking at them instead of through them. And now we're no longer cultivating that quality, but we're being aware of it. And so it's a very kind of slow and gentle process to uncover the ways and patterns and habits that, that our mind, um, that our mind uh, tends towards. What I'm, I'm trying to say, uh, what I'm trying to say, probably... Um, not sufficiently clear is this. I think what you're saying, I know what you're saying is absolutely necessary. But the focus increasingly for me has been to do not only what you're teaching us, 
but get to the point where I'm not working with making a choice, but recognizing as most fundamental that it's I'm making the choice. Now I have to become aware that I'm making the choice. Mm -hmm. Nothing arises by itself. That's right. It's always me, this individual, and I'm talking, I think, for everyone who's making a choice every moment to be aware, not aware. And so when I get that understanding sufficiently, which is a very slow process, I'm not working then at making a choice, but the recognition that I'm making the choice is the fundamental choice I'm making. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sorry? Let's let's let this conversation let's let this conversation settle. So um, so the, the the kind of basic practice here is noticing that you're aware, what you're aware of, and checking into the attitude, checking into your relationship to what is happening. Those are kind of the key. Uh, pieces. Now, in terms of the attitude of what, how we relate to our experience, there are kind of, there's four basic ways that that attitude might happen. We might have, um, you know, the three that you'll be very familiar with. Greed, wanting things to be a certain way. Aversion, wanting things to be not a certain way. Delusion, a sense of disconnection of not being clear about what is happening. And then the last one is a balance of mind, that we can actually have a very clear attitude of mind in um, noticing our relationship to our experience. And that's what we, we might call wise attitude or right attitude. The, um, the, the practice is to kind of begin to get back to where there is a balance of mind in our relationship to experience. But we get to know that balanced attitude, that place where the mind is at ease with what's ever happening, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. We get to know that balanced attitude by getting familiar with unbalanced attitude by getting familiar with the spins on our attention. So we get to know that balance through noticing where we're out of balance, noticing where we want things, where we don't want things, where we're not connected. And so the recognizing of um, the attitude, you may well, in checking in to this, just kind of asking the question, what's my attitude, what's my relationship to experience? You may well notice something like greed or aversion, or you might not notice anything at all. And if that's the case, that's no problem. Just, just continue with, am I aware? What am I aware of? Am I aware? What am I aware of? And from time to time, check back in. What's my attitude? This question is kind of like dropping a question into the... Um, the meditation, what's my attitude? It's not meant to be a question that you think about. 
It's not meant to be something that you try to figure out. And how do I feel about this? Well, this is, you know, maybe it's like this. Or I'm not wanting you to think about this. It's much more kind of just drop that question in and see if there's something present that you might not have been aware of. Kind of like it's a, it's a way to kind of open up the attention to something you might have missed before. So dropping in that question. Um, allows the mind sometimes to take in something, to recognize something that it wasn't particularly aware of before. And then there's no need to do much with that other than allow that spin of greed or aversion or recognition of disconnection to be part of what awareness takes in. Just one of the many things that awareness takes in. So our practice here is to get to know these spins, to get to know greed, aversion, delusion really well. It's not a problem. This is the exploration we make. We all have these tendencies towards greed, aversion, delusion. The pathway through them isn't to try to cut them off and say, bad, wrong. That's cultivating more aversion. The practice is to open to, try to connect with, and what does it feel like to be in this state? What's this experience like? And is there then an attitude towards that experience? Is there aversion to aversion? Aversion to aversion to aversion. At some point you can get to the place where there is no aversion to aversion. That the mind is balanced around aversion being present. That sounds paradoxical, but it is possible. The mind can be balanced around aversion being present or greed being present. And I'll talk a little bit later about more ways to specifically work with difficulty. So in this practice, basically we'll do a guided meditation in a couple minutes. Um, The practice is basically check in. Am I aware? What am I aware of? And then from time to time, check in about the attitude. If you're checking into the attitude really frequently, you know, it it kind of is crazy making. Um, So just say, you know, every few minutes maybe check in. And and what's my relationship to this experience? What's my attitude to this experience? Actually using that as a question in your mind. What's my attitude? There's some particularly good times to check the attitude. One is if you're noticing struggle or tension. If there's some difficulty going on in your practice, check your attitude. There's probably some kind of spin that you're not aware of. A good time to check your attitude is when you wake up after having been lost in thought. So in that moment of waking up, Relax, check into what you're experiencing, and check in. What has been the impact of that thinking on your present moment experience? What's your attitude? Is there a sense of, of judgment? Is there a sense of ease? So just noticing, what is your attitude when you wake up from being lost in thought? Another good time to check your attitude is if you feel like the practice is going really well. <sighs> you know, if it, this is the best sitting I've had in weeks. <laughs> Is there some greed there? (laughs) Some wanting this to continue? Some feeling like, what am I doing? How can I hold on to this? 
So those are, those are some good times to just check, check into the attitude. Um, so just the last thing I want to say is when you notice the mind has wandered, I touched in on this briefly, so you'll notice this. And actually, this practice, doing this kind of practice, can, for some people, lead to the sense that there's more wandering mind. And so the relationship to your wandering mind is really important. In the moment when you notice that your mind has wandered, that your, your mind has gone off into thought, that moment that you recognize that, you're already aware. Relax. Relax. See if you can reconnect to the mindfulness by recognizing what it is you have woken up into. Thinking or planning or remembering or judging or fantasizing, whatever it is. And then um, check your attitude. And if it's helpful for you, I mean, if at that point all that you notice is, oh, I'm a little confused, and then you can be aware of confusion, and then you notice a sound, and then you notice a, a pressure. It, then you're, you're just in the flow of experience again. If you find it, there's a kind of a tug back to the thinking, it can be helpful to reconnect to something explicitly, you know, starting with perhaps the breath or perhaps some obvious physical experience, if you find that that, that pull into thinking is, is strong. So I want to... Um, Leave questions now for a little while and move into, the, into a guided meditation. So since relaxation is so important in this practice, I'm going to begin with really emphasizing that relaxation. So yeah, you might want to stand up for a second, especially those of you on the floor, just give your legs a break. And let's sit back. So, connecting with your body in this moment... Just taking in your experience of your body. And we'll begin with actually doing some conscious relaxation. So starting with your head relaxing. Your head, any muscles in your head and face. Around your eyes, jaw. Around your mouth. Relaxing your neck and shoulders. Releasing tension in your arms and hands. Relaxing your chest, your upper back, 
releasing tension in your stomach and abdomen, the middle and lower of your back. Releasing tension in your hips and legs. and feet. And I also find it helpful, having relaxed kind of the surface of the body, to consciously relax the core of the body. So relaxing behind your eyes Relaxing inside your throat. Relax your heart and your lungs. Relax your stomach, your intestines, all of your organs. And also see if you can relax your mind. No need to know exactly what that means. Just allowing the mind to let go of the past or the future. Allow the mind to settle, relax. Let go of thinking even about the present moment. Having consciously relaxed the mind and the body can sometimes be interesting to see whether there's a little bit more relaxation that can come about by dropping in the request. May the body relax. And then not actually doing anything, but just seeing. Do the mind and body respond to that request? May the body relax. May the mind relax. From this place of relaxation, 
the mind can be very naturally attentive and aware. Kind of automatically, in a way, noticing. Notice that you are aware. And see if you can notice what your mind is aware of. What are you already aware of? Whatever's obvious for you. <coughs> Sound. Pressure. Tension. Heat, coolness. Moods, emotions. Thoughts, periodic thoughts coming in. There's no need particularly to direct the attention. Just checking in. Are you aware? What are you aware of? Every second or so, consciously connecting with whatever it is the mind is naturally attending to. That's the effort that we make. Remind yourself to be aware and notice what the mind is already aware of. Relax. Especially if you notice tension creeping back into your experience. Reconnect with relaxation. Relax the body. Relax the mind. Notice that you're aware and what you're aware of. If you notice that the mind has wandered off into thought, in that moment of recognizing that you've been lost, notice what awareness has become aware of in that recognition. 
planning, remembering, thinking, judging, fantasizing. Relax. Consciously connect or relaxation again. Check into your attitude. It's my relationship to this experience. And if it's helpful for you, if you find it challenging to reconnect with whatever the mind is aware of, connect back to an obvious experience such as the breathing to reconnect with awareness. From time to time, check your attitude. Do you want something to happen? Do you want something to stop happening? Is there confusion or disconnection with the experience? Allow that to be part of what you are aware of. A form of knowing is happening all the time. Do you know whether you are aware? What are you aware of? 